Welcome to this episode of the Things That Matter Most podcast, where we dissect practical and spiritual and cultural issues using Jesus's message as our starting point. My goal is that you find yourself encouraged, challenged, and equipped to live more like Christ every day. My name is Pastor Isaac, and I am really looking forward to today's episode because we are going into this episode in Bible Basics where we are talking about the most important thing of anything that we've talked about so far, and that is this question, what is salvation? We have built this series up that leads to this point. Everything after this looks back at it, which is what does it mean to truly be saved, to be saved from our sins. So far, we've talked about what the Bible is and who is God and Christ and the Holy Spirit and sin. And so I'm really praying that this episode for you is something that bolsters your confidence spiritually or maybe ignites your faith for the first time. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode titled, What is Salvation? So I really am looking forward to having this discussion in our series on Bible basics because I think that it is the like heartbeat of everything that we talk about. And that is, what does it mean to be saved? What is salvation? We've talked about what the Bible is. Like we talked about it being the word of God. And we talked about who is God, right? The supreme being. And we talked about Jesus being the Christ, the savior and the Holy Spirit being our helper. And we talked about, you know, what is sin and what is right and wrong? And how do we look at that? You know, what does it mean to, to conflict with God, if you will. And so, man, we are moving into answering this question, what is salvation? My goal is really that you just find yourself encouraged, that you walk away from this episode feeling like you have the confidence to be able to really share with somebody the heart of salvation. You know, for a long time, I think that something the church struggled with was looking for a decisive moment and a crisis, if you will, of coming to Jesus and that being the the end game, the result, the thing that you're looking for, but so many other things melt away. And while that's absolutely necessary to come to Christ um, in those moments to give yourself to him, salvation itself is so much more, so much more beautiful um, and dynamic and um, complicated as well. And so I'm just really looking forward to hopefully equipping you with answering that question. You know, what is salvation? So let me start by saying this. The bottom line, we need salvation to be right with God. Um, we, we don't have any other option that if we want to be right with God, salvation is the thing that makes that possible. So at the end of the day, when we answer, what is salvation? Salvation makes us right with God. Because without salvation, not only are we separated from God, but we will be separated from God. And so that's what we want to play out. Understanding what does it mean to be separated from God? And how does salvation solve that issue? So I want you to think of a line that's stretching out kind of horizontally, like on a whiteboard, okay? And I want you to see that line as the timeline of your life. The beginning of the line is your birth. The end of of the line is your death. And above that line, I want you to think about things that are good, things that you do that are good. And below the line, I want you to think of things that are evil, things that might not quite be so hot, things that 
um, you know, are things that we would consider, yeah, that's a bad thing. Maybe like that's maybe to use the terminology, like that's sinful stuff, whereas the other stuff is good. So the line of your life, the good things, the bad things. Then I want you to think about what decisions we make in our life and draw kind of connect those decisions together with kind of like lines like a graph. So you have a good decision at the top and a, a bad decision at the bottom and you connect a line between those two dots and a couple more good decision dots across the top. So you made, you know, you've made like four good choices and one bad choice, but then there's another bad choice, and another one. But then you jump up to the top again, you make another good choice and you kind of go up and down and up and down. But generally speaking, you're in the top or maybe generally speaking, you're in the bottom. And now you have come to the end of the line. This is the moment of your death. And at the end of your life, there's two lines. One, two, shoot straight up into, into eternity with God, into heaven, into the, into the kingdom of God, if you will. And the second line goes, boom, straight down into the fires of hell. This is an example of the way that sometimes as maybe you could say Christian or church people or churches or Western culture itself has understood what is salvation what is it for? What is the kind of like the Christian life? And that's I have my life. I do good things. I do bad things, good things, bad things. Maybe I even accept Jesus. So I, I think that that kind of guarantees I get to go to heaven. But either way, you live your life at the end. Everything comes to the a conclusion and either you go up to heaven or you go down to hell, depending on maybe whether you did good things or bad things or maybe whether or not you accepted Jesus. But it's your whole life and you're, let's say now more so inside the context of like maybe you've grown up in church or maybe – um, you know, this is your traditional thought that you get saved at some point in time in your life. And thank goodness now I'm dead and I get to go to heaven forever. I get to get out of hell. Um, other people, we kind of think of classic examples where uh, let's just, I don't know, let's be super dramatic and think of Adolf Hitler. He lived a horrible life, super, super bad life. Most of his decisions were underneath the line, right? And at the end of his life, clearly he goes down into hell. It's like his ultimate punishment for all the bad and evil things he did. And, and our ultimate glory is because of the decision we made to follow Jesus. So where there is maybe a little bit of truth in the concept, I actually believe that that idea itself is not really an idea that's too biblical. You know, our what's presented to us in scripture is not you live your life to ultimately get to go to heaven or to end up in hell. And it's not your good decisions or your bad decisions that lead you to heaven or that lead you to hell. And it is your decision whether or not to accept Christ that determines whether you go into eternity with Jesus um, in the new heaven and new earth or whether you're separated from him. But that's not the message of Jesus. In fact, it's pretty tricky to find anything in Scripture that says, get saved so that when you die, you go to heaven. That is an unfortunate thought that has somehow become commonplace just in how we think about our lives and how we think about maybe sharing the gospel and how we think about salvation itself. I want to read to you two really, really helpful little passages. One is out of Matthew 4, verse 17. This is one of the first things that Jesus says in Matthew, uh, in the gospel of Matthew. From then on, this is like, I believe immediately following like Jesus's baptism. 
From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God so that you can go to heaven. That's actually not what it says. That's what we would like it to say, but that's not what it says. The text actually says, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is actually near. Jesus says a super, super similar thing in Mark 1 verse 15. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is near. And that's like nothing like what we think about when we think of that line with good and bad decisions. And at the end, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. That's not like that at all. That doesn't seem to be Jesus's message at all. And this is the very first thing he said is that the kingdom of heaven is near and behold, it's already come. And Jesus has a message that I think is far more profound for us than just if you believe in him, you get to go to heaven. So I want to, I kind of want to knock down that understanding of salvation, even though that is a result of salvation. I kind of want to knock down that that's the purpose or just the intent of what Jesus came to do. This is what I want to say. Salvation is about this life and it's about eternity. Salvation is about the life we live Right now, your life right now, your relationships right now, the decisions you do and don't make right now, it's about your life right now, and it's about eternity. So what is salvation? Salvation is, once again, salvation is the process or the moment or the event that makes us right with God. And so The book of Romans actually lays this out in a really, really beautiful way. And so I just want to go through several passages in the book of Romans as we look to understand what is salvation. Romans lays out, uh, and the scripture does, but but this, this kind of path through Romans is really helpful. The step one is straight up admitting that there's a problem. Step one of salvation is admitting that there's a problem. Romans 3.23 says this, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Then in verse 10, it says, As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. The very first step of salvation is recognizing that the issue we talked about in last week's episode of the podcast, what is sin, that that is a problem that plagues you and is inescapable. There's nothing you can do to overcome or be delivered from that sin by yourself. No one is righteous, not even one. As the scriptures say, absolutely nobody is righteous. Now that's a big deal because we think of salvation like, okay, Jesus came and said, if I believe in you, then I get to be saved and go to heaven. Well, Jesus's message didn't start there. Jesus's message started with, you have a problem, dot, 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 that I came to solve. And so step two of salvation is confess that you can't do anything about it. There's nothing that you can do about this problem. I heard a story once. I thought it was just super, super helpful and kind of encouraging to hear the analogy. 
imagine that there's a river that you are, maybe you're young, maybe you're a child and you're swimming in a river and all of a sudden you don't realize it, but you get caught in an undercurrent where maybe the water's flowing over a certain section. You have a, you have the flow of the water going one way and you have a reverse current going the other way and it creates a little vortex that you just, you just get slipped underwater and there's nothing you can do. One moment you're swimming away, you're having fun. And the next moment you are completely stuck. Nothing you can do. No way out. And the bigger thing is that you can't even cry out for help. There is nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can do. That's kind of our situation with sin. Is that we, within our sinfulness, without Christ, we are stuck there's nothing we can do. You can't make enough of those good decisions. You can't do enough good things. You can't give enough money. You can't make enough right actions. You can't. Uh, you you just can't do anything about your sin to actually escape the problem. And it's in that moment that, interestingly, when we think about it, we realize the help that we need. So when you're sucked underwater, Romans 3 or Romans 6:23 kind of says this, for the wages of sin is death. When you're sucked in the undercurrent of sin, which we all are, just by being born, we're stuck without a solution. We're stuck without a solution without getting help from the outside, just like you're stuck under the water. The wages of sin is death. Being under that water is death. You will die, and you can't even ask for help. But that's where step three of salvation comes in, which is that you need to recognize that there is actually only one cure for the problem that we have with sin, and it comes after confessing, I can't do anything about it. And it's the latter part of that verse, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. When you're sucked under the water of that river, that's when you need a lifeguard to jump in and to save you. When you can't do anything about it, when you can't ask for help, that's when you need a savior. And Jesus is our savior. He showed his love for us. He wasn't sinful. He wasn't in the river. He wasn't sucked under the water, but he jumped in to save us. We couldn't even ask for help, but that's when you need a savior when you can't ask for help, when otherwise you'll die, when there's nothing you can do. But the fourth step does bring some degree of responsibility to us because, see, Jesus jumped in for to save us when we didn't deserve it. But step four is decide to turn your life over to Jesus. In a very practical sense, this is a decision that we make to surrender our heart to the Lord. Because Jesus came and died on the cross as our Savior when we couldn't do anything about it, when we had no solution, he jumped in and said, I will save you. But the bottom line is, 
we have to want the salvation that Jesus offers. See, if you jumped in the water to commit suicide and you got caught under the water and you don't want to be saved, you breathe in the water and you die. You don't hope for the solution. You don't hope to be saved. Maybe you wanted it. But when Jesus jumps in and we're in that moment, we know we need saved. There's nothing we can do to do it ourselves. And Jesus jumps in and we say, yes, save me. Reach up. Reach up your arms, grab a hold of, of that lifeguard, grab a hold of that Savior because that's your rescue and you pull up. And in that moment, that's deciding to turn your heart and life over to Jesus. If you openly declare, Romans 10, 9 says, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone, verse 13 says, that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When Jesus jumped in to save us, when we believe, when we decide to turn our heart and our life over to him, that is salvation. That's our solution before God. That we admit that there's a problem that we can do nothing about and there's one exclusive answer and you put your faith in that answer. And that is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. Romans 8.1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And so the fifth step of salvation is experience the peace and love of God. Because now you're born again. When you believe in Jesus for salvation, when you believe that he died, when you believe that he came back to life, when you believe that he looks at you and says, I have already paid the penalty of the death under that water that you deserved. I did it for you. Take my hand. When you take his hand and when you accept his salvation, the love of the Lord floods your life. The Apostle Paul Romans 8 38 to 39 said this, after this salvation, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth, uh, nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so our salvation is not a get out of hell free card. Our salvation is not, I, I go to heaven when I die. If you read all of this here in Romans, everything that the scripture talks about is your salvation saves you now. And now you're living a life with the Savior before you die, way before you die. You're given purpose. You're given identity in the sense where Jesus says that the kingdom of God is near. It's here. You're in it. You are experiencing a little bit of the kingdom of God because you've been saved from your sins. You've been made right with God in a way that is that is complete in that it's accomplished now, but in a way that we will fully realize and experience later. That is salvation. That's the good news. That's why Jesus came. That's why we need saved. That's what there is in front of us. That's why it's important to know what the word of God is, who God is, who the spirit is, who Jesus is. What is sinfulness? Why are we separated from God? Because it's when we know that, that salvation can be ours. My friends, I hope that 
you have accepted the salvation that Jesus offers. At some point in time in your life, if you haven't realized it, you'll realize you're under the water. And at that point, you'll also realize you're powerless. There's nothing you can do to get above the water. But Jesus is there with his hand reached down in the undercurrent to pull you out. So I want you to really think about this. There's all sorts of beautiful, beautiful images in Scripture about what happens after salvation. Like, you think of transformation, like a, like a uh, caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. That's what it is to go from being an unbeliever to a believer in Jesus. Your life radically transformed, cutting the shackles of sin and death off of your feet so you're free, taking a burden off of your back. You're adopted into the family of God, a full-fledged son or daughter of the King of Kings, empowered and helped by the Holy Spirit, who will help us straight into the day of eternity. You know, I believe that what Jesus would say is, please don't look at this idea of salvation as do good or do evil at the end of your life, you go to heaven or you go to hell. That's not what he would want. That's not what he wants at all. What Jesus wants is for you to realize that salvation is deliverance, freedom, purpose, identity, hope, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. All of the goodness and the promises of God now and for eternity. Salvation does mean that when we die, we we enter into eternity with God, but that's not the main thrust of salvation. The main thrust of salvation is that you get to know personally as your father, the living God. As you go about your day, as you go about your work with your family, as you interact with your friends, with your children possibly, with your classmates, with your whoever it is, I hope that you'll look and that you'll know the kingdom of God is here for them, just like it's here for me. I don't want to get them out of hell. I want to deliver them into the light even now. Because salvation is about now and it's about later. The work that Jesus came and did delivered us from sin and death now and ultimately will bring us into the extraordinary kingdom of God that will last for all of eternity, where there will be no more sadness, where there will be no more evil, where there will be no more sin or suffering or death. There will be eternal glory and ultimate bliss forever and forever when we're with our Savior. But the foretaste of that, to use a big hymn word from years ago, the foretaste of glory divine is that we get to know Jesus and we get to have a relationship with God now. So until we're together again, thank you for joining in on the Things That Matter Most podcast.